Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today is longtime listener, poet laureate, and Taya master, Anne-Marie Young. This is your Daily Dose of Happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. It helps if I have us on the screen. It works a whole lot better that way. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's funny. Wow, what an intro. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's the first time you've seen that one, isn't it? That is. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was also inspired by um, the last visit you did with us when we had Kelly Coulter on the show about a week and a half mm. ago. And uh, yeah. I realized uh, that that you like writing poetry, which is pretty cool. So I figured, oh, I got to yeah. incorporate that into the introduction. <laughs> I literally feel top of the tree now. Put me on the Christmas tree behind There me. you go. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, well, we're off to an interesting start here because, um, uh, as I was telling Anne-Marie before the show, I won't go into the whole story, but I had this whole down the spiral moment about two hours ago, um, leading up to about an hour ago. And uh, so I've been climbing out of that ever since. But as so often happens with the law of attraction, that meant attracting more stuff. So as soon as we started to try to set up today, Anne-Marie couldn't get her sound to work. We got that fixed. We started to go live and it just kept spinning. I pushed the button. And it kept spinning, but it wouldn't go live. (laughs) It's like like the universe was saying, you are going to pay attention to your vibration or this is going to continue to happen. (laughs) Do you know what? And I knew I had to sign on early today because I knew I was going to have problems. You knew it's okay. So there we go. Right. (laughs) So sorry about that. Well, no, it's not just you. Believe me. I had plenty going on, but that's all right. No, we're in a good vibrational space now. So that's the best. Yeah. Anyway, I wanted to continue the conversation that you, me, and Kelly had that day because I really loved that mm-hmm. one. And we, we covered some really cool stuff. And at one point, I raised a question that I'm trying to actually raise more and more. In fact, I'm going to be bringing more people onto the show doing special guest appearances who are in business or have marketing backgrounds or that kind of thing to address this question because I think it's a really yeah. key question, uh, which is I mean, anybody who's into law of attraction um, – Usually you get drawn in one of three ways. You either need to improve your relationships, you need to improve your health, or you need to improve your financial situation. Those are the big three. There are others. They're kind of subcategories of those three, but those are the the big three. And regarding the financial one, we we all want to have financial abundance. Mm. And many of us don't have as much financial abundance as we would like. That's why we like the law of attraction. We want to learn how to (laughs) apply it into our lives. True. But of course, we, we've demonstrated here on the show, you can just sit back on your couch and attract money into your life. You can attract anything into your life. It can be done. Yeah. But it's hard to do on a consistent basis. I mean, yeah. it's not something that most people are willing to just quit their job and sit on the couch and wait for the money to come in because they keep attracting it. That's not the way. I mean, I'm not saying there aren't people who wouldn't want to do that. I'm just saying it doesn't usually work that way because vibrationally, we just don't allow ourselves to stay in that space. So yes. most of us, uh, because we come into this life to live the life, not to sit on the couch. So most of us like the idea of taking what we often call the inspired action, which is, you know, we want, we, we, we have a desire, we put out the desire, and in order to complete the manifestation, we pay attention to the signals that we get from the universe, from internally, from wherever, that say, okay, take this next step. This next step feels good and it'll help move you in the direction you want to move in. And then you just kind of keep taking steps until you get to where you want to go. And boom, all of a sudden the stuff shows up. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Now, 
the tricky part there, well, there are a few tricky parts there, but the biggest one is we often talk ourselves out of that process. Right? We do. Fairly frequently. Yeah. <laughs> and during the show, um, as an example of, I'd raised the question, I never actually sent you what the question was that I'd raised on, on that episode. The question was, can anyone take any topic of all, at all, any interest, anything that they like, that they, you know, they feel some sort of passion for, turn it into a group and then turn it into some sort of a monetization off that group. That was the question essentially that I put to Kelly and she agreed yeah. that yes, you could do that. And we decided to kind of use you as an example. So we went through a couple minute exercise to show the first few steps of that process, which was pretty cool. I like that. It, it was, was it was very cool. It was very cool. And it was weird because you keep bringing these guests on and they're answering questions that I've already got in my head or that I've Excellent. already asked. Excellent. And Maria, Maria did it last week as well when we mm -hmm. were speaking to Maria about cryptocurrency. So I'm speaking with her this week. Um, but yeah, you Good. keep bringing these people to me, Walt. You're just literally like the universe yourself, aren't you? Well, thank you. I really, <laughs> that's, that means I'm bringing in the right people. I love it. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was a really, it was a really good question because. I don't want to be working for somebody else. And we're always, like you say, we want to sit on that couch. We want to do what we love. But we've kind of been brought up to you've got to earn a living. You've got to work to get this. You've got to work hard. And that was kind of what was installed into me. And not that I don't have to work hard, but I don't do what I love. And I want to do what I love, you know. Plus, it's kind of my hard life. To, do, to do a lot of things that we love from the couch. I mean, it's not impossible. I mean, you could write poetry, for instance, from the couch. Sure. But I bet you your poetry would get so much better if you're going out into the world and writing the poetry as well. Because you have a whole yeah. lot more to inspire you, you know. So mm. it, we actually enjoy taking the action. As long as it's inspired, as long as it's coming from a good place, that's actually where the fun is. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. But I am the queen of procrastination. I'm the queen. <laughs> of fear <laughs> and it's obviously getting better over the last year of doing tire but yeah I so needed to listen to, to her she was very interested and very motivating let's talk about some of these issues that get in the way because you you just named two right there and yeah. I'm willing to bet my bottom dollar that you're not the only one who experiences these I know oh, because no. I've experienced it myself. I'm sure probably 90% of our listeners who have thought about doing something on their own at some point have experienced some of these different issues. Let's, let's go through a few of them and see what we can do to kind of take the, the, the sting out of them, if you know what I mean. Do you know what? There's, I have this vision of what I want and it's lovely. <laughs> trying pushing myself forward to get to that I it's that fear that is holding me back it's that fear of there's that certain fear of success there's that fear of failure there's that fear of opening yourself up because when you're writing books and poetry you're writing your own personal feelings mm, whether true. it's about a tree or whatever it's your it's you. Raw. Yeah, it's very, very personal. Mm. So just opening yourself up um, to any kind of criticism and your vulnerabilities. And it's just, I've just tried to build my strength up to prepare myself. But again, if I'm going to worry about that, I'm going to attract that. I'm curious, this because I totally get the thing about not wanting to be criticized or being afraid of being criticized. But which way do you categorize that? Do you think that's part of the fear of success or the fear of failure? 
Oh, love that. That is, I'm going to say that's a fear of success. I think you're right. Mm. Because when you're successful, that's when people are criticizing. They want to kick you down, don't they? Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So because if I I feel if if you don't do anything, that is the failure. Mm. For me personally, Mm -hmm. if Mm -hmm. I get 20 years ahead and I'm still in the same position, then to me, that's my personal failure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but I can yeah, feel, I can feel the rawness in that. That that's that's oh. a rough feeling right there. Well, that's something I've been contemplating. <laughs> yeah. my head has really been like going over trying to sort this out recently. Um, you you are a poet though, which means you've been writing some poetry. Have you written any recently? I'm not asking you to share on the show or anything. I'm just curious. Are you are you in the process of doing writing as a regular thing or is it only an aspiration it's something I used to do all the time as a child like all the time mm-hmm. um, as I've an adult not so much because life takes over but at the, mo- at the moment I've started just doing a little bit for of a children's book on law of attraction okay so okay. around about the tire teachings because David wants a children's book out there so I'm like okay I'm going to get in there Okay. I'll give him what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> so I've sure. started writing that. Um, so yeah, and I just know when I feel, I might just go to bed and I'll have a great couple of sentences in my head and I'll just have to write them down because I know when, once I'm in that flow, I could literally write something like that. Yeah. That's a nice feeling it, too. It just, it, yeah, it will just flow. But if you're not in that right frame of mind, um, then that's when my block comes up and that's where all the, the fear. What do you think that frame of mind is? What, what constitutes that frame of mind? What, the flow or the fear? The flow. It's, do you know what? It's literally just feels like I'm channeling. Ah. Because when I write my journal, when I was doing boot camp and I was writing my journal, I'd be in meditation and I felt like I was channeling. That's what it feels like. And I read this back. I read my stuff back and I'm like, wow, did I just write that? Is that (laughs) my words? So it almost feels like it's come from somewhere else, but it just literally feels like it's flowing. I'm impressed that you read your journal back. I never read back my journal. I'm impressed that you read your journal back. (laughs) (laughs) Not often. Not often. It's just when I did used to write... When I was, um, after I'd had a meditation and I felt that I was flowing and it wasn't my writing coming out, my handwriting was very lazy mm. and it was just completely different. But my handwriting is usually, I, I had a very strict English teacher and my handwriting wow. was always immaculate. Mm-hmm. But in my journal, you can see where it's, I feel I'm in that flow. But with my poetry, yeah, it's just literally coming out. I don't recognize what I've written it's just blows my own mind and it was quite funny because when I was um when I was a small child um everybody thought I was scatterbrained and I um yeah I wasn't observant because I was a crazy kid when I was very very young I was very wow I um, never would have predicted that (laughs) would you not no I was very just fun loving very young as young and I was hyperactive and nobody could really cope with me 
But then I started writing poetry and people were like, oh, so she does take it all in. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And she is observant. Mm-hmm. So when you said that you were kind of, I'll, I'll phrase it as a troublemaker, what it really meant is you weren't behaving the way they thought you should be behaving and you weren't feeding back to them what they thought you should be feeding back to them. So therefore you were the problem. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I was just high maintenance and mm-hmm. I didn't want to sit still and I wanted to take it all in, but nobody thought I was taking it all in because I mm-hmm. wasn't really listening. But you were. I was. Yeah. And I was observing it. And when I wrote it down, I'm, um, that's when it all came out. And my granddad, bless him, he had a secretary and he actually got her to type up all my poetry as a child. Oh, so wow. I've still got it clipped together. How nice. That yeah. is fabulous. Yeah, that's yeah. a real gift. Oh, it is. Beautiful. That's my first book. <laughs> yeah. How cool is that? That's great. Yeah. So, okay. Well, I mean, where I'm sitting, it sounds like you have been more than toying with the idea. You, cause you have occasionally been getting you know, your journal out and putting stuff into the journal. So you've been doing a little bit of writing, not a whole lot lately. You did a lot more when you mm-hmm. were younger. Yeah. And, and that tells me that on some level you are enjoying it despite the fear. Yes. Yes. Because it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of an escape. And it's also the, the only reason I don't get to it now is time. I work full time. I've mm. got two children. Um, I love my social life mm-hmm. and I'm also doing like lots of tire stuff. So there's a lot of things, but it's making that time to do it. And I kind of just trying to make myself, even if it's just at the moment, like half an hour a week, just that little bit. Mm-hmm. to do it and then I can build it up and get back into to doing it one of the things that we touched on when you me and Kelly were talking uh, some 10 days ago or so was the importance of socially connected behaviors uh, because and that's one of the reasons we were talking about Facebook groups yes. and and the reason I'm bringing that up here is yeah you, you have this interest you you're wanting to find time you're having a little trouble finding time otherwise you would have done it by now and I'm wondering, have yeah. you had the opportunity to talk about and, and share your love of the writing and also your difficulty finding time with other people who are poets and writers? I haven't so much. Hmm. Um, I, that's a really good question. So that's, that's the whole deflecting, isn't it? Well, in a sense, yeah. Or to look at it in a more positive way, it's an opportunity. I mean, yes. because if you want to find a way to, to make more time, maybe you spend a little time reaching out to find other like-minded people and get a conversation going. And maybe that inspires you to start creating time to do your own writing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think when you speak to people who are in the like tire community, there's a lot of creative people there and there's a lot of people mm-hmm. who are writing books. So it's nice. And I know Deborah Wilson, who was also an LOA listener who's, I did tie with, I shared with her my tire work, which I would never have done. The, 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 just the page or so I've done on the book so far mm-hmm. on the kids book. I shared that That's with her, great. which I would never have done. So I'm obviously way more open to it than I thought. But one of the other blocks that I had, um, was around. I, lo- I love your choice, by the way, because Deborah is a wonderful writer. So I love oh. your choice of connection. Yeah. Well, we just, we just clicked straight away we we joined tire together we kind of 
nudged each other to do it at the same time and we just went through it together so yeah mm-hmm. it's literally my little angel but um another block that I had around the book is money because mm-hmm. being the kind of the perfectionist and what my vision is for my book I got offered a publishing deal with um a, a publishing house here my and goodness I, and, and I turned it down first thing I sent out because they were going to give me an illustrator and they were going to give me 10 pictures and they were going to do this and they were going to do that and I was like it's not my vision I'd rather publish it myself and have my own pictures done how I want and even if it's my only ever book I know it's the book that I wanted to create so you want to be your own illustrator I I do sketches and I've got an illustrator <laughs> oh, <laughs> who, just okay. happen- <laughs> who just happens to turn my five-year-old sketches into a, just a beautiful fairy tale scene. Oh, well, hey, that's a great combination to have that person on board. Yeah, absolutely the right person. Um, but again, it's just that financial thing. So there's also that block of money. So let's and talk about so, that, because what you were just talking about there really didn't have a whole lot on the surface anyway to do with money. So how does the money tie in the way it feels for you? Because I've decided to do it myself and it's the cost of the publication. I'm buying my own pictures. I'm paying for these illustrations myself. Okay. And okay. then I'll have to have the cost of self-publishing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and promotions and things like that. Um, so it's just, I need to go out there and find more about that, but that's going to be more than I have at the moment. So I've Mm -hmm. always had this block about, oh, my kids are young. I want this in my life. I want that in my life. Excuse me. So, and again, I've been toying with it recently and then Maria comes along. So literally I've stopped spending everything. I've I'm saving. I'm just like, right, she's going to make me my money. And that's my next step. I'm not having this block anymore. <laughs> oh, that's wild. That's pretty wild. So you're working with Maria on cryptocurrency. Yeah. I'm going oh, to speak to her on Thursday. Wow. Fantastic. See, I told you about, you're sending all these people my way. Who knew? I certainly didn't know. <laughs> but it's literally because I was the day that, um, sorry. Which, uh, Kerry came in it was oh what can I do for my own business I don't want to work for other people and she came in then it was like well I really need some money Maria came in mm-hmm. that's so. great mm. and I love the fact also that you reached out to Deborah who is as you say an all the way today listener and she's also yep. a tired graduate and she's a fabulous writer I mean she's the letters that oh. she's written in by email that we've read on the show are just oh god they're prosaic they're absolutely beautifully written um, oh, so indeed. you pick you pick somebody perfect for that. I'm curious, are you, are you interested in reaching out to find more like-minded people like you and Deborah? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And if anybody is out there and wants to connect with me, I'd absolutely open that. I mean, I've sent my book to Kat as well, Kat Wonders, because oh. um, she's offered to edit it for me. Kat was on the show a few months ago in, in midsummer, and she's also a key player in the Tyra community. She's actually involved in helping David write his next book, which is pretty yes. cool. And I guess they're getting fairly close to publication. They've been working on it long enough. <laughs> <laughs> I think the stream keeps adding stuff to it, yeah. don't they? The stream doesn't make it easy. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, David, just one more thing. <laughs> That's right, right. Yes. <laughs> but Kat was also my mentor, so it was oh, I was cool. – 
I was quite guided to her as well. That is fabulous. Boy, boy, mm. you really are good at connecting to the other writing spirits. <laughs> so and there's me going, no, I haven't done it, but actually I guess I have. You have, yeah. And you've shown just how easily it comes to you. Because mm. you didn't, it's not like you worked at that. No. Right? No, that that all just flowed. And every just, time I have a thought about like what I want, it, it seems to be flowing to me. Yeah, that's pretty cool. It's lovely. That's, that's exactly what Taya teaches you. That's what the whole law of attraction concept teaches. Yeah. When you're in the flow, it just flows. It's a good thing. Yeah. When you when you when you think about um, expanding your network, so to speak, because that's really what I'm addressing here is, is your network sure. of people who are like minded fellow writers and so forth. To me, I mean, it, it it's like you're one. The only thing that's that's stopping you with the Facebook group is setting up the group. You you already know how to attract the people into the group. You're doing it already before you even have the group set up. I do you know what? I've actually got my own Facebook page. I just haven't looked at it for a couple of years. Okay, so I've you got, got my page. I've got the Facebook page. I I yeah, I'm literally all, just all you step, need to, gotta step out of my own way. All you need to do is set up the group and you, and you got the thing going. I mean, it's not difficult yeah. at this point. And the yeah. good news with setting up a Facebook group, it takes about three minutes. It's not not a long process. The hardest part is picking the picture. I mean, that's it. <laughs> well, no, well, it's done. I've got one around my book. It's already, the page the is page. already up there. Yeah. Well, I'm talking about a Facebook group, though. A page is one thing, group oh. is another. Yeah. Right, the okay. Pur the, the purpose of the group ah, is to bring in people yes. like Kat and Deborah and other people who are, so you guys can all be having conversations about this stuff. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm just noting that again. And of course, the beauty of a group is you can do it as a private group so that it can just be private. You just keep it among yeah. yourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And then once you've got that going, then now all of a sudden you're on the journey. Yeah. Very true. And, and, and you've gotten there. I mean, look how the way we carried out this conversation. You've gotten there without allocating any time. That's very true. I have, haven't I? You certainly have. There was no allocation of time that took place here. Now, in actual fact, you did take time at various points to do it, but you didn't have to allocate it. You didn't have to pre-schedule it. You just kind of went and did it. Yes. Yes. It kind of flowed to me at times I could take it in. Yeah. Yeah. That's quite Which goes to prove you really don't have to schedule it. No. Not yeah. really. Yeah. Scheduling is just, that's, scheduling is actually a way to procrastinate. In some ways, That's, not in every way, but in some ways. And then I suppose if if you're trying too hard and wanting it too bad, that's the block as well. Well, let's talk about what that means when we say that we want it too bad or too hard. What is that? Because if you are trying too hard and there's a need for it and there's a, such a heavy want for it and you're like this this will change my life. I need this, 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 this. You're kind of, you're not in the right vibration for it because you're in a need, uh, in a vibration of want yeah, rather than vibe. just trust. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Rather than trusting. Mm -hmm. And I, I know this will work for me in whatever way, whether it's like a huge success or a little success, whatever to me, it's going to be a success. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that's probably why it's flowing. There's no, you know, I, I've got, got a job. I don't hate it. I don't mm -hmm. love it, but I don't hate it. So there's no need for it at the moment. So I think that's why it's nicely flowing to me. Isn't that interesting? 
by removing need not only from the equation regarding pursuing the writing thing, but also mm -hmm. by removing the need regarding what's going on with your job, you have no need going on. Mm. <laughs> None whatsoever. There's no need there at all. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I've had like a, a few rough months with my job, but all I've had to do is just sit there and go, I appreciate this job. This job pays for my money. This job pays for my social life. I appreciate the interaction I have with friends. So it's it's just trying to appreciate it. And then that takes away the need for wanting something else to get out of that situation. Which is very cool. I love the way that we've we've narrowed it down this much because now I, I, it kind of sets things up for me to ask the ultimate question, which is in terms of trying to decide how to break this procrastination thing. Yep. I wonder if the procrastination is really all about trying to find where your next need is. Oh, ooh. I wonder yeah. if the whole question of procrastination is really a red herring. Because it's basically saying, look for the latest need. And that's what's <laughs> holding me up. The need is holding me up. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. You should be a therapist. <laughs> I actually did try coaching one time. I didn't, I've never been to school to be a therapist and I didn't really want to go that route anyway, yeah. but I did try coaching and, and I was fairly good at it, but you know what? I found it really wasn't what I wanted to do. Mm. What I wanted to do was this. Yeah. Talk on my podcast, bring in cool people like you, bring in all kinds of experts and, and just learn and learn and talk and talk and, you know, along the way, help people vicariously. I mean, look what I did with you. And I didn't even intend to. I mean, I, I brought in these these two guests out of many guests and, and look what they did for you. And I didn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's crazy. And even like in my meditation today, it was like I'm I'm a Christmas fanatic. I like mm. love Christmas. But um, today in my meditation, I was like, just give me a sign that I'm on the right road. And then I was just sat in my living room and a robin landed on my hedge. And I was like, do you know what? That's the sign I needed. I'll take that. Um, so I know I'm going in the right direction. Well, plus we ended up doing a show on the topic too. That was a bit of a sign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge sign. It's like neon warning, warning. Here it is. <laughs> <laughs> but how often, Walt, do we miss those massive neon signs? Oh, I know. It's crazy. <laughs> we miss them so often. <laughs> They're right in front of our faces and we say, nope, there's nothing there. Nothing to see here. <laughs> oh, it's funny. I think the reason we do that is because we're, we keep, this is what I was referring to earlier. We, we keep looking for the negative. We keep looking for yeah. that negative sign because that's what we, we're so used to doing. No, mm. So the procrastination is really just looking for, oh, where's my next negative need? Oh, there's got to be another negative need before I can do anything because that's the way things work. And that, that's the, the, the teaching that we kind of absorb through our fingertips and our skin. And mm. it takes a little while to overcome that one. But we do. We overcome it. We actually get to the point where we recognize and say, oh, that's what that is. Well, then <laughs> I don't need that anymore. Yeah, and I just think as you grow, don't you, everything just, your needs, your dreams, what's important, it all just changes. Oh, God, yes. Because like yes. 20 years ago, the thought of opening, me being even on this podcast, just opening myself up for any kind of criticism, I just couldn't have probably dealt with that. 
and now it just feels like it just feels the right thing to do. Let's talk about criticism for a minute. Because that's another another really good topic and one that I am an expert at because I have been self-criticizing for all my life. So I'm I'm really, really good at it. Um, (laughs) But it's also not a skill that I really envy. (laughs) No, no. But that self-criticism thing, because I really think that's what the root of it is. Yes, we don't like hearing criticism from others. I don't know about you. Maybe, maybe this is just me, but if I hear criticism from somebody else, what I'm really hearing is them expressing my own criticism through their voices. Yes, because you also are hearing what you want to hear or what rings true to you. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that I want to hear it, but that, Not that's what, what yeah. that, that, that's, that's what, if I'm being honest with myself, that's what's wrong with me. <laughs> And they just gave voice to it. And I didn't really want to hear that. (laughs) That's yeah. And we, you know, we, we are our own worst enemies. We do put ourselves down way more than we would ever let anybody else do that. It's ridiculous how rough we are on ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I mentioned before the show, I had an episode on Saturday. I haven't spoken to myself like that in a long time. Mm, Yeah. And, um, you know, and it kind of, this morning I was thinking, I overthink a lot probably, but I was just thinking that would be really easy to slip back into that, that negative right? space. Yeah. yeah. It's very easy. Mm. And in fact, I think a lot of what we do with things like tire practice or any other kind of practice is we're trying to reduce and even eliminate the number of times we keep slipping back. Mm. That's really what we're after. Yeah. Trying to gain enough self-mastery that I don't, need to go there anymore yeah absolutely and i've i've kind of we're taught this thing in the tire that you give that negative voice a name so it's something separate to you and when you hear that negative voice i called my moaning myrtle from um harry potter (laughs) Potter. i love it (laughs) so i had moaning myrtle and i just you know she would go on and on at me and you know you tell that voice in your head that you've named that's different um you tell that voice to shut up and you but I've also then in reintroduced, it's like I've got a person on each shoulder, but um, I've reintroduced this, this other voice called Belle in my oh, head. Wow. So when Myrtle kicks off and I tell Myrtle to shut up, Belle comes in and goes, you're amazing. You've done really well today. Nice. Or, you know, you're a beautiful person. So I don't just tell that person to go away. I put positive thoughts back into my head. You basically reworked the old... Uh, um cliche about having the angel on one shoulder and the yep. devil on the other shoulder that's pretty cool yeah and that's exactly how it feels like i've got one one side and one the other side <laughs> i love it that is great <laughs> i've never told anybody i actually did give a name to um that uh that, that criticizing voice that critical voice um, mm. i call that one wilt wilt yes like it yeah wilt has been pretty quiet lately i i have to admit so thank you wilt but it does go away doesn't it oh yeah yeah and that's why when this voice came back to me or this you know was having my moment on saturday that was rough that was really rough but of course the reason it's going away in the first place is the work that we do for ourselves on ourselves with ourselves you know developing these new practices and so forth because i mean that's what's doing it for me is Mm. the more that i do my morning practices the more i do my mirror work and my appreciations and my you know looking at the vision board and and look and doing all the things that i know how to do the less wilt shows up 
Yeah. Which is great. <laughs> it, is, it is great. It is great. And I think, you know, I wouldn't have noticed the voice coming back if it hadn't have felt so much louder because I'm mm-hmm. not used to it again. So at the end of the day, I suppose anybody else's criticism is never going to be as brutal as what we've already said to ourselves. It's true. Yeah. And, and the flip side of that is that the more that we build up our self-image, our self-confidence, our self-love and all that kind of thing, the less that the outside criticisms get through. In fact, they actually get to a point where they don't get through. Yeah. Which is kind of a strange experience the first time or the first few times. But it's also kind of cool. It's kind of like you have this little invisible uh, barrier, you know, like a force field or something. (laughs) (laughs) They just don't get through. They just don't connect after a while. Sometimes you can tell that that one could connect, you know, and so that's when you start to get a little defensive or that's when I start to get a little defensive, like I did with a particular customer that I told you about earlier. But for the most part, I mean... Put it this way, there are lots of criticisms that I've gotten, even just from doing the podcast, that years ago would have set me off. And now it's like, eh, well, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's a completely different feeling now. Yeah, and I, I agree, because you, you've got you've got your tools to deal with it now. And... Well, I've got the tools, but I also have, I've, I've given myself more. I've given yes. myself more love. I've given yeah. myself more confidence. That's what, the confidence is the force field. The confidence is what keeps that stuff away. Cause you, cause when you're confident, people can say that you say, yeah, well, okay, whatever. Cause you know, it's not true. <laughs> that is true. And you know, but there are things like your customer who's going to get to you, but you know how to deal with it. Yeah. And it, it's done, it's done and dusted in an hour or two, isn't it? It's yeah. And, and that one, that situation sent me right down the spiral, but I didn't mm-hmm. stay there. Exactly. Whereas I didn't you've move probably in. a day or two of wallowing in it before. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. This time it took, you know, an hour to climb out. That was it. And I wasn't even climbing. It was more like, you know, waiting, <laughs> <laughs> floating to the surface. <laughs> <coughs> I didn't even, didn't even have to get out the magic wand. I mean, it was just, okay, here we go. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about some of the other fears that we can have too. I mean, you've identified some that you have, but there are plenty of them. Uh, Self or fear of criticism is a big one. You, um, you mentioned fear of success. There's also fear of failure. Yep. Yep. That can be a big one. That one, that scared the daylights out of me for a number of years. And I still deal with it to some extent. Yeah. And I think it would be like a fear of not being good enough and a fear of not succeeding. But actually, if you've had a go, you're not failing, are you? No, you're not. But it feels like it at times. And that's where I think mm-hmm. the fear comes from. I mean, anybody who has had any kind of major success, you listen, you have a, an interview with them and you listen to their story. Yeah. And the story inevitably includes here was a failure and then there was this other failure and then there was this other failure and then, oh, all of a sudden the success. Yes. And we get all excited about the success, but we forget there were the three failures before that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the, but I always kind of think, and it's like I say to my kids, kids at school, like, how's your day? Did you make any mistakes? Great, you learned then. Yes. And that's why failure kind of just feels a bit different than it mm-hmm. would have done 20 years ago. Yes. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I remember writing a short um, essay 
two or three page essay, something like that. I called it the virtue of failure. This was back in my twenties. And it basically lauded all the benefits of what happens when you fail. Um, what I didn't understand at the time, because I hadn't lived long enough, really, is that if you experience failure over and over and over again, the feeling gets programmed into your nervous system. Mm. And that's where the big challenge is. When you have yes. an experience after an experience after an experience, so it's just kind of ground in to your nervous system. It takes quite a bit to rewrite that code. That's what yeah. we do in Taya, for instance is rewriting yeah. that code and, it, and it's challenging. It's not the easiest thing in the world, but the good news is you can rewrite the code. You can rewrite that memory. You can rewrite that nervous system. Thank goodness. Otherwise we'd be all dead by now. <laughs> oh God, yeah. <laughs> but I did something recently. I've part of Tire Expanded, which is something once you graduate, you can join. Mm-hmm. And there's a lady there called Holly who does shadow work. And I've oh, never yeah. really, yeah, I've never really, um, heard of it really and I did that the other week and that was pretty amazing and I I know I've got some more exploring to do around that but I kind of went back to nine-year-old me Mm. and then I went back again to three-year-old me two Mm -hmm. completely different children that three-year-old was that bonkers kid I mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. the nine-year-old was very sullen and serious Mm, yeah so just, but then just going back and doing that and changing things, mm-hmm. I felt so much freer the next day. Yeah, whenever we talk about this, going back and changing things, I always think about the series that Cindy Chavez and I did uh, on the, the uh, Neville Goddard books, because he brings that concept up often in his books. He calls mm-hmm. it the, the pruning shears of revision. Basically, you go back, you rewrite it, you prune the stuff out that you don't want. So you, you have this new, newly pruned garden left behind, and that grows yeah. into the new garden that you want it to be. And it's a really interesting concept, very fascinating concept. And yeah, I have to admit, the first time I heard it, Cindy and I talked about this too on the show at the time. When I first heard about it, I had doubts about it. Yeah. Like, you know, well, it happened in the past. You know, how do you actually rewrite it into a different experience? But it turns out you can. Yeah. You really can. It sounds can. a bit bonkers to me as well, but it works. I did it entire with um, one of my transgressors. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's quite a powerful thing to do and yeah. not not hugely difficult, I don't think. I think the hardest part is overcoming the self-convinced belief that you can't do it yeah yeah you're right that's really what it is and and that takes a little little time perhaps but Mm. yeah once you're willing to at least i I think it's also about just giving it a shot just trying it you know okay so if it doesn't work it doesn't work try it anyway see what happens yeah what have you got to lose yeah five minutes that's it that's what you have to lose And the so interesting what, thing what, is that you actually find you, I, I don't know about you. I didn't actually succeed in doing massive rewriting of old stuff. What I did was I was able to rewrite little bits of stuff and yeah. change the way I remembered stuff. And by doing that, if you do, do that piecemeal, it's kind of like eating the elephant one bite at a time. If you take it a little bit here and a little bit there, all of a sudden after a while it's changed. Yes. 
And for me, it was identifying what it was because I, I just don't have a lot of memories of being a, of a child. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I blocked a lot of it, but just going, just trying to identify what these things were was mm. was a, also a tricky thing for me. Sorry, I interrupted. You were trying to to tell me something. I just kept right on going. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I love listening to you. No, I was just going to actually ask you what your blocks were before you picked up the podcast. Before I picked up the podcast? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Because um, what your fears were and what was – how did you get to that? It's probably best to describe what our situation was at the time. Sure. Louise and I had been married for 13 years. That was the 13th wedding anniversary on the day that we started the podcast. Um, that was 2012. Four years earlier was the 2008 financial crisis. I lost my entire business. Right. All, of my, all of my clients were these small nonprofit organizations and they all got wiped out by the crisis. So my business was gone. My income was gone. Um, Louise had been running her gardening business, but on a much smaller scale than we run it now. It was basically just her. And we could tell that it was one of those things that was going to go by the by people were going to stop spending money on it because when you're in a financial crisis, you hang on to your money for necessities and gardening isn't a necessity. So it was pretty clear that was not going to work. So she sold off the few customers she had left there. Even the number of customers she had at that point was small. Um, she sold them off to another gardener. And then we just, we would, we spent like the next few years trying to figure out how to survive. Just what do you do next? So after yeah. about four years of that, we were deep in debt, really deep in debt at that point. Um, I had driven like, like crazy doing things the hard way because I didn't understand the importance of being up the spiral. So a lot of the time I was down the spiral and making decisions and they were not the right decisions to make and so on and so forth. So I was just, I was basically just careening from one miserable situation to the next. And after four years of that, I was pretty beaten. I was feeling really, really miserable. But I'd heard about the law of attraction around the same time that the crisis happened, a little bit before. And I was curious because it now made sense to me that I had set myself up. Yeah. So I wanted to start manifesting a better life. The problem was the manifesting of the better life wasn't happening. Right. So my biggest block was my belief that it would actually work for me. See, I thought the law of attraction worked fine for other people. I just didn't think it would work for me. Wow. And that was the mindset that I had when I decided I got to do something. So I'll start doing a podcast because maybe I can learn from some other people how to do this better. So even though you didn't believe it would work for you and you were kind of at rock bottom, you still did it. How? Because I figured even if I didn't know how to do it, somebody else did. So maybe they could show me something I hadn't figured out. So you just went to find the teachings. I went to find the teacher. That was it. Uh, or wow. teachers, you're right, because it was a whole series yeah. of them. <laughs> I figured somebody here has to have the answer. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you have fears around that? And how did you overcome them? I had a lot of fears. Because at the time... The only way to make a podcast was to take your iPod or other recording device and record directly into it, save it as an MP3 file, and then try to find some place where you could put it on a website. That was the only way to publish a podcast. 
I mean, Zoom and StreamYard yeah. and all the different podcast services didn't exist. They just weren't out there. I yeah. think one that I knew about that did exist was, um, oh, what's the name of it? Uh, oh, I can't think of the name. It's a podcasting service that's been around for a long time. Well, Podbean, that was one of them. I knew about Podbean. That was there. And Blueberry existed. For some reason, right. I didn't like either one of those. And then there was a third one, and I can't remember what the name of it is. It has the word blog in it, and I can't remember what, what the full name is. But... Anyway, you, you, you were kind of limited in what you could do. And, and what I really wanted to do, I, when I was in college, I had done college radio. And I realized what was so cool about radio. Now, when I did college radio, it was just me playing records and talking into the microphone. But I also got very clearly in my head early on, it's so much better if you can do it, a radio show when you're talking with somebody, like a call-in show. That's like so much fun. You could tell. And anybody who's listened to a radio call-in show knows the DJ yeah. is just having a blast taking all these calls and interacting with them and so forth. And, oh yeah, that'd be yeah. very good. So I wanted to do that with the podcast, but there was no way to do it. I didn't know of any way to do it. And so I was terrified. How do I do this? How can I pull this off? And ultimately what I did is I, I relied on the fact that I was pretty good technically. So I said, you know, if I just yeah. keep digging, I'll find something. And I ended up finding this piece of software. I can't even remember what it was called. But it would enable me to take a phone call through the computer. This is back before VOIP became a thing. Yeah, yeah. But, but it would enable me to record a phone call off the computer. I figured, well, if I can do that, maybe there's a way I can tie this in to while I'm actually recording and turn it into a conversation. And ultimately what I ended up doing essentially is tapping a phone line. I tapped the phone line so that, I, you know, I could do a conversation with Joel, for instance. Joel would call the number mm -hmm. and we could have a conversation that I could record to my computer and then I could turn that into a podcast. So how did I overcome the fear? I just kind of did what I knew how to do. Yeah. It, it reminds me of a, of, of a book. I was very much into science fiction novels when I was younger, although my science fiction uh, authors were the ones nobody had ever heard of. I wasn't into the Isaac Asimov's of the year. Well, probably the most famous science fiction writer that I liked was Robert Heinlein and he wasn't, one of the most popular ones. I mean, he was fairly popular, but he wasn't the most popular one. And the others were people that nobody had ever heard of. I barely heard of them, but I liked them. One of them wrote a really interesting story that had a great little exchange between two characters. The two characters were living on the moon, where there was a moon colony. Actually, there were a bunch of colonies on the moon. And the two, one was, was uh, he, he was the professor, and the other one was Manny. And professor was teaching Manny stuff. He was trying to teach him you know, how to learn to be, a, to work with computers because computers were very much part of this community on the moon. Um, not the way we have them today. This is more along the lines of large mainframe computers because the novel goes back a few years, but yeah. it, nevertheless, it involved computers and involved mass and so forth. And the thing that uh, the professor would teach Manny is if you are doing a problem, like a math problem and you can't solve it, go back and do the part that you can do again. Because if you do it again, you'll get an idea. So do the part that you know how to do, even if you don't have the whole solution. And that wow, became my philosophy. Huge. Just just do the part that I, I knew how to, to get a phone call recorded onto a computer. So do that part and then see if that gives you any ideas about how to do the next part. 
It was that kind of a thing. And so literally one thing after another, I, I would get one thing solved. Okay. That gets me closer. What else can I do to get closer to my goal of being able to record a podcast with two people mm. until I finally got there? And then I had a podcast. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet you felt great after that first podcast. What I felt was what we talk about a lot in LOA circles. I felt relief. Yeah. Like, oh, thank God. I finally figured it out. <laughs> Did you envisage where you would be now? I hoped for it. I guess in that sense, I envisioned it. But yeah. did I really believe it? Nah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I to be perfectly the, honest. <laughs> the thing is that you were going to gain from this podcast whether nobody listened or not. Because your goal was to, to get information. And, and this is but where I, I've talked a lot about how people, when they hit bottom, they come up faster. That was my bottom. Hmm. Where I was in 2012 was bottom for me. And when you're down that low, and I was really low, I was depressed. I mean, I didn't think of myself as depressed, but looking back, I was depressed. There was no doubt yeah. about it. I was in depression. To give you an idea, in the years, the two or three years leading up to that, periodically I would get so low. Louise would come over to me. I'd be lying on the couch. She'd come over to me. She'd straddle my waist, grab me by the T-shirt, shake it and say, snap out of it in order to get me to laugh. Wow. <laughs> and it worked every time. I would laugh every yeah. time. But that's how low I had gotten. I was yeah. so depressed. So I felt so defeated. And all I could see was debt. All I could see was loss. All I could see was failure. Yeah. That's all I could see. I couldn't see anything else. I had no idea how to climb out. I had no idea what to do. I kept asking law of attraction to deliver something to me, but obviously I was in the wrong vibrational space. Yeah. I wasn't going to work. You know, I, I didn't know what to do. So I just did the parts that I knew how to do again. <laughs> see, that is such a good motto, isn't it? Because you were meant to read that because that hit you and that got it you did. through it. Yeah. And it's such a good way of looking at things. And you know what it does? For me anyway, when I do the part over again that I already know how to do, when I literally walk through the steps of doing it again, yeah. it raises my vibration, but I didn't realize that's what it was doing. Ah. Because when you're doing something that you can do well, you feel better. Of course you do. But I didn't know you, that's what, what the benefit was. Yeah. And you believe in yourself and you know well, you I can didn't. do it. Uh, yeah. I didn't believe in myself then. But when I've you do the bits you know, there must yes. be some kind of belief there. I, I didn't believe in myself. I believed in my skills. Right. I didn't associate my skills with me. They were just skills that I had. Yeah. That was a mess, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, what a lovely story, though. Because, like, is it seven years you've been doing this? Nine years. Nine years. Nine September. years. Yeah. And now look, because it's, yeah. it's, I love, because I've been watching you for probably four years, and I can see the difference of how you've grown. And then I just find it so exciting at the moment, especially, like, 
being on the show with all the guests you're coming in and the webinars you want to do and the way you want to drive it forward and how you just want to hit all these people and it's amazing to watch. <laughs> I love hearing that. It's funny too because when you're in the midst of doing it yourself, you don't necessarily feel amazing. But yeah. it's a good feeling to have. It's a good feeling to remind ourselves of. It reminds me of a story that Louise told me early on in our relationship. She was uh now she was a therapist. Um she was a psychotherapist for 10 years and she described to me what it was like when she went to school, when she went to graduate school in order to get her degree in marriage and family therapy. Um she said she went to a she was like halfway through her course studies and she went to a special weekend event. I don't remember exactly what the event was, but it was being presented by teachers that she knew at her university uh, who were also associated with this other person who I, who I guess was actually putting on the event. And in the midst of the event, she was so amazed by the things that she was hearing. Um, and she went up to the lead organizer after the latest talk that he had given, they were on break. And she went up to him. She says, I just had to tell you, you, you're amazing. You're just amazing. And he says, well, if I'm amazing, what does that make you? <sighs> and she thought about it for a second. She said, well, I'm amazing in training. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a reply. <laughs> that's brilliant. So that's where I feel like I've been for the, for the last nine years. I've been amazing in training. Yeah, well, you got there. You got there because it's exciting. It's exciting to watch. And it's exciting to now be a part of. It really is. It's funny to be on this side of it, too. <laughs> it's, it's a strange <laughs> feeling. <laughs> and, of course, this is only, like, the latest step in the journey. But to be at this point and look back, it just it's not what I would have thought. Mm. I would not have expected this feeling looking back. What I, I'm not sure what I would have expected. But it wasn't this. This, it, this is a good feeling. And it's a feeling of, oh. Well, that was that didn't go the way I thought it went, but went pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing that just just struck me there, Walt, is like we talk about taking criticism, but sometimes it's just as hard to take a compliment. Oh yes, isn't it? Oh yes. It, people can get just as uncomfortable getting that positive feedback as well. That just can kind of hit me there. It's huge. It's a huge thing. Cindy and I have talked about this a lot. Um, she'll mm. tell you all kinds of stories about how she had trouble taking compliments. And it, it it's really so counterproductive when we aren't willing to take a compliment, when, when we aren't willing to take any kind of a gift. Mm. The thing, the story she likes to tell is, you know, she's out with a friend to lunch and, and the friend grabs the bill and says, I've got this. And she says, oh, no, no, I've got that. She can't allow her friend to buy her lunch, for goodness sake. You know? Yeah, yeah. Oh. Of course, since then, she has learned to do that. But I know how that feels. I think we all yeah. know how that feels. Yeah, I was lucky that my husband, he used to, like, pay me compliments. And I'd be going, oh, no, it's not. Or, no, this, I just literally would throw mm. it back. And he was like, I want you to just say thank you. Just thank when you. Somebody, yeah, when somebody gives you a compliment. Yes. So now when everybody's, anybody gives a compliment, I'm like, thank you. I'll take that. Thank you. Yeah. And it just becomes that little bit easier. Talk but about I, building self-confidence, too. There's a great way to build self-confidence. Say thank you every time somebody gives you something. Yeah, because you're not rejecting it, then you're right. taking it. Yeah, it's a yeah. big deal. 
It's yeah. a really big deal. It's funny as you, because at, at, at that time you asked me, where was I at? What were my blocks when I started the podcast? As I look back on that, at that point, I was looking for major solutions. What I didn't realize it was the little minor solutions that made all the difference. Yeah. I never would have thought that at the time, but that is the case. That is exactly the case. It's the little things, the little things that make all the difference. Yep. The little things that separate winning from losing, from succeeding and failing. Those, it's yep. the little differences. Wow. And it's, it's true what they say, the little things mean the most. They do. Mm. In every way. Mm. Yeah. Because the more we appreciate them. Boy, I've really been noticing on the appreciation thing. I've been noticing that lately for myself. How I now know through the tire practice that... A big deal is, and I knew this before too, but Taya kind of really, you know, pounds it into you. Yeah. Appreciate, appreciate, appreciate. What do you appreciate? What are your three appreciations? And these days, I actually stop myself to find out what my appreciations are. And sometimes I can't think what they are. In fact, really? sometimes I can think what they are, but I won't let myself go there. And the awareness of that, the recognition that that's what I'm doing is huge because I never would have been aware of that before. No. Now I can see myself doing that. And now it becomes like, oh, well, heck, I'm not going to let that stop me. So now I actually start finding <laughs> things to appreciate. Even if I have to just mouth them, I find uh, something to mouth it, you know, just to kind of express it. Even if I'm not feeling it, just get it out. Yeah. What I find in the, found in the last year is that I was told, you know, you, you, you learn this, you, you've got to do the appreciation and I'd, I'd try it, I'd do it, I'd, I'd be driving along going, this trees are beautiful, I appreciate these trees, blah, blah, blah. And I just go through life. And then in the last year, I'd be driving along and go, oh my God, those trees are beautiful. I, look, I don't mm. feel it this time. It yes. was real appreciation. I was trying, but now it just feels real. Before you couldn't feel it, and so you tried to feel it. Now you don't have to try yeah. it. You just feel it. Yeah. I know exactly yeah. what you mean. And that's how you know you're making progress. Yes. Which is yeah. a wonderful thing. <laughs> yeah. I think this, this year for me has been, it's been hard work. It's been a lot of work. Mm -hmm. But this, this year I really feel like I'm taking strides forward. And I think both of us and many of our listeners, so many of our <laughs> listeners, because we get so many messages telling us how people are making their own growths. We're all set up for 2022. 2022 oh, yeah. is going to be an amazing year for a whole lot of us. I feel it. A whole lot of us. I feel that. Yep. So thank you for being a part of the podcast. Thank you for being part of the pattern, the growth pattern that we're all going in. Thank you for sharing it. My too. pleasure. And thank you for sharing because it's not easy to talk about these weaknesses and these difficulties and challenges. And I appreciate yeah. it. Anybody, anytime somebody does that. So thank you for doing that. Likewise. Thank appreciate you it all. very much. And thank you to our podcast listeners everywhere, because I, I say it every time. It really is true. Without you, it wouldn't be a podcast. It also wouldn't be as much fun to be perfectly honest. You guys make it so much fun. So. <laughs> anyway, we will see you all next time here on LOA today. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.